at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the 49ers vs. Tennessee Titans game plan video, Alex, because we're about to give everyone a little glimpse into what we believe the 49ers game plan is going to be against the Tennessee Titans on both offense and defense. Absolutely, and we're going to be diving into all of the things the Niners could do, or at least a good chunk of them offensively and defensively, and, uh, you know, why we think they're going to work, what we've seen from the Titans on, on film, all 22 film, what we've seen from the Niners the last few weeks. Because at the end of the day, right, you're going to play to your strengths on a short week. You're going to play to the things that have been working really well for you. You're going to try and find maybe some creative, simple ways to, to execute those things at a high level and put your opponent in a, in a negative situation. And that's one of the differences between this week, right, this week of preparation for the 49ers, and what the game plans typically are and what you normally would see is that it's a short week. You don't have all the time in the world to, to implement game plans and implement, you know, very dynamic, even excessive, you know, game scripts and, and looks and formations and motions and packages that you want to see. You're going you're to keep it fairly simple, not extremely simple, but fairly simple. And that, that tends to be why Thursday night games tend to be a little more kind of dull and boring and you know not the not the contest you want it's because either the simple stuff doesn't work and you end up having a knockout drag out kind of contest where both teams are battling to the very end or one team's simple stuff works really well and the other ones doesn't you see a blowout i mean that, that tends to be why this happens um also and having a lot of talent on a side of the football or both sides of the football will also help in those situations uh and the Niners have plenty of that offensively and defensively but specifically on offense, and that's why this this week is so devastating for the Tennessee Titans. George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Kyle Juszczyk, Jeff Wilson Jr. now emerging from nowhere, Jawan Jennings playing some of the best football we've ever seen him play, um, building off of the incredible camp that we saw him have, um, although Kyle Shanahan you know, on him a little bit for the drops last week, still got his opportunities, and when he did, and converted in a big way, there's there's a lot of weapons offensively and that's still you know elijah mitchell is is up in the air and nothing i don't know if necessarily anything's official yet i haven't seen anything come across but if elijah mitchell is able to go that's one more tool you know in, in kyle Shanahan's tool chest to use in this game how in the world can the tennessee titans prepare for all of this in such a short amount of time they can't and i, I think that's that's part of the reason that they're going to have to figure out exactly what they want to take away um, so Mike Vrabel, you talk about preparation time, and part of it is going to be them trying to figure out how to take something away. And what Kyle Shannon has to do early on in this game is figure out what they're trying to take away and then counteract that. Um, if you come into this game and you already have an understanding of what Tennessee is going to do, like if you you come out there and you know they're going to try to take away Debo Samuel, and then you use Debo Samuel as that decoy and you get it to other players, uh, early in this game, and that's what your plan has been the entire time. That is how you can go from executing and just playing well against a team and completely annihilating a football team. Yes, a short week is not easy as far as game plan, but you're talking about professionals who have been running offense every single week all the way since, what, May when they had mini camps. These guys have an understanding of what this offense is. Every single week, Mike McDaniel, Kyle Shanahan, D'Amico Ryans, 
go into these meetings on Monday. They go through the the you know the video. They talk about all the mistakes they made, and then they start going over the game plan and things these guys need to work on for the rest of the week. Nothing changed. Monday came. They did the exact same thing. Tuesday came. They're working on the exact same thing. Wednesday comes. They'll be doing the same thing. The only thing that changes is normally you have Tuesday off, okay? And normally you have Wednesday and you have the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday where you can get practice. So you're losing practice time, but what you're not losing is video time. You're not losing meetings time because they're going to double up Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. They're going to make sure they do this. Of course, traveling on Wednesday, Thursday, you're playing. Um, but they'll handle some of that stuff on Thursday. I think that the 49ers are going to be able to execute their game plan. And I think part of the issue is going to be for the Tennessee Titans figuring out what Kyle Shanahan plans to do on a short week and how much of it can he institute in a short week. I think there will be some extra stuff that Tennessee hasn't seen yet. And that is part of the greatness that is Kyle Shanahan because he's had so many players that have been in this offense for so many years. He can reach into his bag of tricks and be like, Oh, remember this that we did in 2018? Remember what we did in 2017 against the Tennessee Titans? We're going to bring that back now. Those are all great things. That's what's nice about having a veteran team that's used to playing for a certain coach. The Niners have set up the last couple of weeks double passes. They've set up some trick plays. So I, I expect to see something this week trick play-wise. It won't be executed the same way where you have the backward pass from Jimmy twice into two throws, one from B.A. and one from Debo Samuel. I don't think you're going to see that. But I expect some some trickery and, and maybe a throwback screen to a running back after some sort of stretch look and a, and a fake screen being set up one way. I could see that definitely. Um, as well as them utilizing Kyle Juszczyk in a receiving role and aspect or just using him as a decoy all game long because we've seen the Niners have game plans where they come in and Kyle Juszczyk has been the decoy. They've run opposite of where he goes and flows. And then there's been games where you just follow Kyle Juszczyk the whole way. And then there's games where you counter Kyle Juszczyk. You send him one way and have him come back the other direction and pick up a block coming across the formation and the running back follows. So they've used him in a variety of different ways, which means you have all those things kind of dialed in and set up. You can really go to any of those aspects of your run game and utilizing Kyle Yushek in a variety of ways in that regard. Uh, but you know, I, I, this is, I, I just feel bad for Tennessee. I truly do. I, I, what are you going to do? What are you supposed to do this week? You want to take away Debo. We're going to find Kittle. Right, we're going to find Kittle. Kyle Yushek is going to get involved. Uh, Brandon Ayuk is going to have one-on-one situations and matchups. And even if you want to take away Debo Samuel, uh, what part of him do you want to take away? Him running routes on the outside, deep shots? Okay, um, that means we'll send him deep, and you'll send two to three guys with him on the route concept, and that opens up the middle of the football field. You want to take him away over the middle? Well, you're going to bring safeties down in space, and now you get those play-action shot plays, Ant, where you get B.A. running those double moves over the top, situations where when teams have typically done that, right? When, when Kyle Shanahan has dialed that play up and BA has taken the double move over the top, you have two guys running with him, bracketing him over the top to make sure he doesn't make the big play. Well, if you're so worried about Debo that you're willing to bring that safety down and let BA go one-on-one over the top, well, Jimmy's going to, Jimmy's going to want to take a shot on those. Uh, so now you got a situation where you, you're really handcuffed as a, as a coordinator in terms of what you want to do defensively. Do you want to take Debo Samuel away? Is that the focus or is it the focus scheme, right? Take away the things that Jimmy Garoppolo wants to do, which is operate over the middle of the field. Okay, well, if you do that, Jimmy has shown that he will, number one, take the checkdowns. But number two, he'll make those throws on the outside. You're going to give him one-on-one coverage with Juwan Jennings, he'll throw back shoulder, right? He'll, he'll throw down the sideline to George Kittle one-on-one coverage when you get those opportunities. Um, those slot fades, he has thrown a handful of those this year. And every time we run one of those slot fades and he gets the one-on-one matchup he wants, it, it, it either ends up in a big play or it ends up in pass interference, one of the two. So if you're the Tennessee Titans, 
you know, Jimmy Garoppolo dissects you pre-snap and you've got the wrong coverage in the wrong situation, you're going to get torn up. Yeah, Tennessee Titans' aggressiveness is what could get the better of them this week on defense. I honestly believe the play where we get Debo in the backfield with Jimmy Garoppolo and Jimmy turns his back to the defense and then gives the ball to Debo Samuel on the outside play. This is the week, Alex. This is the week where Brandon Ayuk is going to sell the run and then he's going to run the post corner and Jimmy Garoppolo is going to fake that handoff. All Everyone's going to read it. And you're going to get that one wide open moment where you're going to get the ball to Brandon Ayuk for a big touchdown. I think this is the week. This is the opportunity, a short week, where Tennessee can't be prepared for everything the 49ers are ready to do. Kyle Shannon has been setting this up multiple weeks. This is the game they get it done. I think there's going to be opportunities for Brandon Ayuk in this football game. You said on the previous show he's going to have an absolutely outrageous game. I am with there. I'm there with you. I think the Yak brothers continue to stack on the performances that they've had. You know, the last three to four weeks, George Kittle is on an absolute tear. There's no one from Tennessee that I'm looking at that can slow down George Kittle. There's no one that can slow down Debo Samuel. There's no one that can slow down Brandon Ayuk. And I think they, they got so many so many more guys, like you said with Kyle Yushek, Juwan Jennings. The supporting cast is all coming together at the right time. You got Jimmy Garoppolo playing at the closest we've seen to 2019 to 2017, where he was out there slinging the ball, executing at a high level, and not turning over the football. This is what we need from Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think the Tennessee's just going to have so many struggles. I do believe the 49ers, once again, are going to want to establish this run game. But I think it's going to be a similar version of what we saw against Atlanta. They're going to establish the pass early on, uh, early in downs, first and second down, early in this game. Get them to loosen up. Once Tennessee loosens up, then they're going to attack him with this run game with Jeff Wilson Jr. with Debo Samuel, because I think Debo will be a big part of this rushing attack again. And they'll sprinkle in Jamichael Hasty along the way. But I don't expect to see as much Jamichael Hasty in pass. Um, pass pro on third down that we saw before he's struggling to pick up the right guys and guys are coming free so i'm looking forward to this but i think that's how they do it then once they get to the run game it is going to be more of the the hammer and the nail situation jeff wilson jr coming in there to hammer that nail down hammer this game down and the 49ers limiting the amount of opportunities tennessee has to come back because i think the 49ers could get an early lead in this game and then play from the front runner position and hold on in the second half that's, I mean, that's huge. If the Niners can get out early and get out in front, that's going to make it a lot easier for Kyle Shanahan to dictate what the defense does, right? Um, we've seen Tennessee run a lot of five-man fronts. Stunning, and Flavor of the month across the NFL. I feel completely baffled by this. I can't, I can't figure out why teams are doing this. Um, but what have the Niners shown? When you go those five, those five down linemen, uh, number one, it's all about movement. So if the line's getting movement up front and washing guys across, that means bigger cutback lanes. Is you got five guys down at the line of scrimmage, that's less guys second level to, to make plays. If you get everything going one direction, then opportunities to cut back or counter off of that become very, very huge. And that leads to gashing runs, which we saw a lot of last week. We saw a lot of Jeff Wilson getting his foot in the ground and getting back across the wash and making big runs. But yes, the pass game is going to have to soften it up because the Tennessee Titans are going to be aggressive in slowing down the run. Um, right. Teams are typically built, right? Teams are in typically, in theory, um, this is kind of commonplace around the league. You're built to stop what your offense does really well, right? If your offense runs the football really well, sure. your defense is, is built to, to stop the def- the run really well. The 49ers have been a kind of weird in a weird situation because they've always been built to run the football. But in the past, the 49ers D has, has always struggled against the run. That wide nine hasn't always been 
necessarily the greatest thing. So we've been kind of the odd ball, the odd man out in that scenario, but the defense this year has been very good about that, which means the Tennessee Titans, which are a team that's built to stop the run, is in a very similar boat. They want to slow down the run, and they did that last week against the Pittsburgh Steelers and and with uh, Najee Harris, right? I think it was 20 rush attempts for like 19 yards or something like that, something absolutely silly and stupid. 12 for 18. Um, just 12 for 18. My bad. I, I gave him eight more carries and, and one more yard. <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. Guy. I'm a Najee guy. So, hey, Najee, Najee's fantastic. Uh, unfortunately yeah. for Najee Harris, he's got himself uh, Big Ben, who's struggling this year, an offense that is struggling to find their identity and just consistency overall in general, and an O line that's absolutely depleted. That's not this O line. Um, yes, there are some struggles on the right side at times with Daniel Brunskill, at times with Tom Compton, but they don't typically tend to be in the run game, Ant. So I'm, while I'm not as worried, uh, I do think that the Tennessee Titans are going to have some success trying to stop the run if that's what the Niners want to come out and just try and do. But if you come out passing the football and you soften that defense up with the pass, uh, Tennessee's in a world of hurt. Yeah, because those linebackers are going to have to play that intermediate route that George Kittle, Debo Samuel, and Brad New just kill him with. And now Jawan Jennings as well. When you have a fourth option, um, and that's not even including Kyle Juszczyk, who can do it out of the backfield. You saw the 49ers go to Kyle Juszczyk early in that football game. Uh, it, yeah, it's going to be a problem. Those linebackers have to sag. They have to be in those zones to take those plays away. And if they're not, um, then they're going to they're gonna absolutely gash him. And if they do drop back, then you can start attacking them with that run game. And the 49ers did that in a big way against Atlanta. They did that a little bit against Cincinnati Bengals. I think this is kind of the way they're going to have to trend. Jimmy Garoppolo early in football games is going to have to loosen up these defenses and tell these defenses go out there and play it in a base set. If they go play it straight, then you can go back after them with the run early on in this football game. But I'm curious if Kyle and Mike McDaniel try to attack them early with the run or the pass. I think it should be pass, but I won't be surprised if they go out there and try to run the ball either. Um, how quick will we see Debo Samuel in the backfield? Will we see him in the backfield in the first three snaps? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes because you want to go out and show them that you're willing to use them anywhere. You want to make sure that, number one, you keep them honest, but number two, you see how they play it, right? Um, it, it's going to be in the script. It's going to be in however many plays Kyle decides he wants to have this week for the script. You know, On that first drive, if you get a first down early, I wouldn't be shocked if it's play three, but if it's not play three, amp, then if we get a first down, don't expect it to not be play, you know, four or five after that. Um, I, I expect it to be on a second or third down situation where maybe it's second and medium and you put Debo back there and teams are like, well, hold on a second. Usually when he's back there, they run the football, but it's third and medium. Why, why would you do that? Kyle, what are you, what are you doing? And really, really putting the pressure on the defense. What are you going to sell out for here? What is your commitment level when you see Debo back here? Is it stopping the run? Or are you going to play what you think we're going to do here, which would be typically, as we've seen from the 49ers, pass on third and five. And if, especially if Jimmy goes in the gun, right, with Depot back there on a third and five, well, now it's all sorts of just awful for, for the Tennessee Titans and the defensive coordinator because, well, Jimmy Garoppolo is really effective and efficient out of the shotgun throwing the football. But, but, but Debo Samuel, who's basically RB1 at this point, is also back there. So it could be either. Do, should, we, should we account for him in the pass game? Is he going to motion out of the backfield? Uh, don't be surprised if Kyle very early in this game really pushes the boundaries of manipulating the chessboard and to, to really force the Tennessee Titans hand into maybe making some moves or, you know, as they say in the game of chess, sacrificing some pieces, right? Really showing your hand in terms of what you value, what it is you want to do, or what you want to control so that you can then attack it and counter it. 
yeah, I think there's going to be an aggressive style of play in this football game. I think that Kyle Shannon is going to want to go out there and put a stranglehold on this game tempo on how the Tennessee Titans expect to play. Him and D'Amico Ryans are going to be the ones that dictate everything that happens in this football game. They're going to want to be aggressive on offense. That aggressiveness is going to lead to the fact that at some point, this offensive line, and that's why they're grading out so well over the last couple of weeks, the aggressive style of play is going to help this offensive line be able to move forward. Whenever these guys are moving forward, they're more successful when they're going back into their normal kick slides, move them side to side, move them forward, put them in opportunities to be successful. And the way you do that is quick passes early, then establish this run game. Once you get it going and you move the pocket with Jimmy Garoppolo, you're going to have some success. Where there's going to be a little bit of struggles is like you brought up with that five-man five defensive line. Those are a little bit tougher to run the bootleg passes that Jimmy Garoppolo has had success with the last two weeks, whether that was hitting Brandon Ayuk in the flat to, you know, against uh, Cincinnati Bengals in overtime to win, or is that this last week, you know, where they moved it on a sprint left and got it to Juwan Jennings for a first down. Those situations are going to be a little more few and far between because of Vrabel running a 3-4 style defense and being able to bring those guys up to the line of scrimmage. So I think Jimmy will see more shotgun situations than he's seen even in the last two weeks, especially last week against the Falcons, where it seemed like, yes, he was in shotgun, but there were times, more times than in Cincinnati where he was under center running these play-action looks. I think it's a part of it, too, is Jeff Wilson getting a little bit more comfortable, maybe getting a little bit more familiar with stuff, because he tends to be a better downhill runner out of that eye single back formations. Um, they won gun. It worked. It worked when he was there. You know, you bring Debo back there as well, and he can operate, whether it's eye formation. We've seen him run tosses and just straight handoffs up the gut out of single back or eye formations. And, um, and he, we've seen him operate extremely well out of the gun as well as a running back. So a lot of different options for the 49ers, a lot of different ways to attack. But yeah, early on in this football game, this game script for Kyle Shanahan, I expect it to be extremely aggressive and, and, and creative. Uh, I don't expect to see a toss coming out. I, I, I know we joke about that, right? The 49ers coming out and running a sweep on the first play because they've been doing that. Uh, this is probably one of the first weeks where I don't expect it. I don't expect that to be the case. And who knows? Maybe because now I'm not expecting it. Uh, and I'm, I'm here with Vrabel, right? That Vrabel's not expecting it. And so Kyle's like, oh man, we're totally running a toss on the first play. Who knows at this point? But I expect this to be oh, very aggressive. <laughs> Toss first play guaranteed now, confirmed. Bunch bunch to the right with Kittle, Juszczyk, and Juwan Jennings. Debo Samuel in the backfield. I like it. And Toss, there you go, to the right. <laughs> All right, you heard it here first. Return left from Jamichael Hasty. Get ready for it. I love it, and I absolutely love it. And you if could it happens, see it. I'm never going to let anyone forget it. And you shouldn't. You absolutely shouldn't. And, um, and all those people saying, open up the playbook, coach. Uh, don't open up that playbook. Don't you dare open up that playbook. Just keep using the things that you're doing. Because here's the thing. If the 49ers, if the Niners come out and try to establish the run and do, uh, it is going to be a long day for Tennessee. A long day for the Titans. Yeah, this is an interesting matchup overall because I think, you know, me and you both, when the schedule release came out, we were very concerned about this football game being a Thursday night game in Tennessee. Um, you know, just the schedule, the way it was going to work out. This was one of those ones that were like, it, it could be a loss for the 49ers. As the season progressed and we saw how Tennessee was built, um, and then you had Henry get hurt. I think that was another big reason why we believed the Tennessee Titans would be tough to beat and tough out against our smaller linebacker group, our quicker group against a big physical guy. Henry's gone. So now this defense has got to be prepared to go against a different style of team that's still built around the run game, but with different pieces are you as worried about this run game with the pieces they have 
as you were saying going against King Henry and the and the way that they were constituted before. No. So it's different now, right? So Deontay Foreman has been running at a really good clip and is averaging more yards per carry than than Henry was. But but yeah, Henry, Henry it's not good enough. No, but here's the thing, right? What did Derrick Henry do? Anytime he touched the football, anytime he was an arm tackle away from running it and taking it to the house. Um, so if you don't gang tackle Derrick Henry, there is an opportunity that that he's just never going to stop. He'll you'll never catch him. Because as big as he is, he is deceptively quick. Deontay Foreman is not deceptively quick. Uh, Deontay Foreman is, is not a slow guy by any means. And I say this as a man who is slow. Deontay Foreman, uh, no, no hard feelings. I am actually slow. You are actually fast. You're just not Derrick Henry fast, man. And there's nothing wrong with that because not many people are Derrick Henry, except for potentially maybe Najee Harris. Um, but that's beside the point because Derrick Henry could take any any handoff, right? Any, any run play, any given run play in any given situation in the game, could be a house call. That isn't the case for Deontay Foreman. What Deontay Foreman has done, though, is, is have some gashing runs, some runs of, you know, 15, 20 yards, and, and really keeps that that offense going and that run game formidable. Uh, but but this is a different monster that you're dealing with, with this front for the 49ers. And so it really is going to come down to this front having success at, number one, not getting moved uh, vertically downfield, not getting pushed off the ball and getting driven back, and eating up those double teams, getting off those double teams, shedding those double teams, and giving lanes for your linebackers and safeties to come down and fill cleanly, right? With no one in front of you, you almost not getting touched at times and really putting them in second and long. Uh, because you put them in second and long situations, you're asking Ryan Tannehill to, to now get it done potentially with his arms more times than he typically would on a, on a second down. Or, right, if you get a, a nice seven-yard gain or six-yard gain on first down, even a four-yard or five-yard gain on first down and – uh, Ryan Tannehill can then use the thing that's most effective, right? That play action booting, getting out of the pocket, using his legs to extend and get outside the pocket to make cleaner throws, which as at times of problems for this 49ers front, especially when you're only running the four down lineman, you don't bring that fifth guy down. You're not doing the flavor of the month like the rest of the league is doing. I feel like this defensive line as well went through a stretch during the middle of the season where they were all taking on double teams. They were just trying to hold their own, keep people off the linebackers. And that was kind of their game plan. Like, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna hold my ground. I'm not going to give up against this double team. And it feels like over the last four or five weeks, they've went to all penetration all the time, closer to what we saw in 2019, um, splitting the double teams, getting up the field, whether that is Contavious Street, who used to struggle with double teams, or, you know, DJ Jones, who absolutely destroys them. Um, it has been an interesting change in the philosophy of Chris Kacarek as this season has went on, they have went back to aggressive, 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 getting after consistently, whether that is in the run game, winning with penetration, or in the pass game, winning with penetration. The key has been all gas, no breaks, all the time. Kind of the mantra that Chris Kacarek lives by, because you see this guy and the energy that comes from, when we were at training camp, the energy that comes from that side, that right corner of training camp is absolutely fantastic. And he brings that every time, and you see it from his players. Can this 49ers defensive line get that penetration in obvious rundowns? And Alex, are they good enough to beat the Titans offensive line consistently? 100%. Because what, yeah. where is the area that they're weakest? Interior. Interior. Interior is where they're weakest. Um, you know, Taylor Luan is not a scrub. They're on the outside, on the exterior for them at the tackle position. Um, 
while I don't want to say that they have question marks at the other tackle position, it's not Taylor Milan. It's not Mike McGlinchey levels of, you know, dominance in the run game and as a, as a pass pro guy. So you have situations where they, they chip a lot with tight ends. They block a lot with their tight ends on the outside. And I'm sorry, but Ferkser is no George Kittle. He is not going to be able to get out there and, and do a great job and of blocking Nick Bose and Samson that become on the edge, which means it's going to be on your tackles to be able to really handle and contain that outside, which you know, at times it will be just fine, but you have a nice mix up right now with Samson Ebicom and, and Nick Bosa and Bosa picking and choosing when he plays on what side. And so you get a heavy dose of Samson Ebicom on that left side for Taylor one for a while. And then you just switch it up just the, the, that occasion. And where you bring Nick Bosa off and you get that, that speed, that little extra kick there. And that's going to be a problem for Taylor one to deal with. And the interior is not, not great for this Tennessee Titans on the, on the front. I have seen plenty of occasions of them getting driven back. Now they did play fairly solid last week against the Steelers, uh, but this is an area where the Niners have not had a problem generating pressure. It's very rarely been from the interior that they've had problems, whether it's Armstead swimming through and ripping through double teams, DJ Jones, just absolutely destroying anyone that stands in his way when he, when he's you know in that zone and in that, that space or Kevin Givens and Gatavia street being a monster or Arden key, the third best pass rusher on uh, over the last six weeks um, in the league. That's right, folks. Third, third best behind Nick Bosa and I think TJ Watt. So uh, yeah, Tennessee, you, you definitely have a storm coming your way there with the front four. Um, and they're the ones that are going to be the set the tone, right? They're, they're the ones that are going to set the tone, establish very early on how effective this run game can be. And then it's just going to come down to our guys, second level, our linebackers and safeties coming down to space making sure that they tackle in space, bring those guys down. Uh, when you get free, clean shots of these running backs, man, make the most of them. Uh, and if you're a running back for the Tennessee Titans, keep the ball loose if you get out in space around Josh Norman so he can peanut punch a couple of those out. I'd appreciate it. I think there's going to be timely blitzes this week as well. Kwan Williams and this linebacker group is going to bring that fifth guy in certain situations to help keep Ryan Tannehill in this pocket and allow the inside guys to make their, their moves they want to make and also to kind of free up Nick Bosa from getting chipped. Um, this is something that they've been able to do recently. They didn't have to do it very much against Matt Ryan, but the timely ones against Joe Burrow were fantastic. What they did against Matt Ryan was show it. And Matt Ryan was able to decipher sometimes, you know, depending on which linebacker was showing, he would figure out who was coming. But the end result didn't change. Just because you know who's coming doesn't mean you can ultimately stop it. And if you have to occupy, if you're able to occupy one of these interior offensive linemen with a linebacker or a guard that has to pick up a K1 Williams, it allows one of those inside guys to get a favorable matchup one on one, which we believe Arden Key, Eric Armstead, DJ Jones can win consistently in pass downs. I think those are scenarios where the 49ers will be able to not only get home, but also create stunt opportunities where you still have the outside covered and can prevent Ryan Tannehill from getting outside this pocket, able to create with his legs and extend plays and make plays down the field. I think these are going to be timely. I don't think they're going to be consistent all the time, but when he does hit it, they could be big plays for the 49ers. A hundred percent. And I mean, that, that is going to be the big thing is, is calling those stunts at the right time in the right scenario. When, when the Tennessee Titans have some sort of scheme or route concept going, that's maybe a flood concept going to one side of the field. Um, and you can bring a stunt around and open up the opposite side of the field, really bring that pressure coming from one way and really try and get Tannehill feel like, oh, I can escape and get away because this flood's going to carry everybody. Oh, nope, here comes the stunt around to keep you there. And, and oh, no, now we're in a situation where I'm either throwing the ball away, trying to make him play with my legs, or just eating this here right now at this moment. Um, you know, those those are going to be key for the 49ers and, and finding those times and those moments 
to be able to do that is going to be important. Um, but the other thing that's going to be important in is just the secondary being able to take away number one, read one from the Tennessee Titans um, receiving core. Uh, and number two, if AJ Brown and Julio Jones are playing, can you do enough if, with your DBs to make Ron, to make Ryan Tannehill want to hold on to the football just a second longer? We don't need a lot of extra time from Tannehill, but what we do we don't need is him getting rid of the ball in three and a half seconds. He can hold on to it for four and a half, five seconds, and the the pass rush is going to have more than enough time to get home. And if the blitz is on, you can hold them for three and a half, four seconds. Hopefully, the blitz is able to get home. And as long as you don't have anything beating you over the top, the 49ers. Those are situations you like because you, you keep them in front of you. And if you're keeping them in front of you, Ant, they're not gashing you for big plays. Maybe they're just doing a little bit to keep the chains moving. And if there's one thing we've seen from this 49ers defense this year. If they need to bend and not break, Ant, then they can bend and not break. Yeah, and we've, we've talked about this, you know, cornerback room on our previous show, especially uh, where we talked about, you know, the secondary needs to come up in a big way and, and make plays. And one of the concerns is safety health. Um, because you had Jupiski Tardis dealing with the you know the low ankle situation, um, but not a lot of depth behind him. You have Hufanga dealing with a knee. You have Tavon Wilson on IR. Um, you've had guys that have come in and out of this roster all year. You're not going to be getting Tarverius Moore back. That came out this week. Uh, he's probably out for the year with the Achilles. I mean, it was always an outside chance, but we were hopeful. So this 49ers secondary, especially at the safety position, needs to stay healthy. Um, and if they do, I think that they can overcome. If we have Ward and Tart. I, I have so much faith in their ability to help in the pass game, whether that's A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, whoever is out there. I believe that these guys can help neutralize it. They're that good. Um, but we're going to need their help, especially with the cornerbacks that we roll out there every week. And I'm hoping that they're able to get it done early on in this game. That way, the 49ers can get to an early lead and play from you know ahead, play from a place of power and be able to use this run game, especially to you know limit the amount of snaps that this Titans offense gets and limit the amount of opportunities they have to get the ball to their playmakers. Agreed with you there. And, and keeping their run game neutralized as well, right? Keeping it to a minimum, not letting them, you know, chunk out big plays on first, second down, and put them in third in really nice situations is going to be important uh, because Tannehill does have the leg factor that you have to factor in this week that you didn't have to factor in last week against this Atlanta Falcons team, which wasn't necessarily the, the best, you know, wasn't necessarily required for you to keep your rush lanes because, He's not going to outrun most people other than Kevin Gibbons. That's about the only one he's going to, going to outrun. It's a shame. Um, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it, it's a dang shame. It's a darn shame, man. It truly, truly is. Um, that isn't the case. I never thought can't. it was a possibility. I never, I never thought that Kevin Gibbons couldn't catch Matt Ryan. Um, I, and at that moment, I knew why Kevin Gibbons was undrafted. It made sense. It, it, it definitely made sense. And, if I'm um, ever getting chased by a cheetah, me and Kevin Gibbons, that's who I want next to me, Kevin Gibbons. Because except Kevin Gibbons maybe, is good. Except for maybe Horst. Fair. We know that's, Horst is getting eaten. That's, <laughs> you know that's right. You know that's probably right. Horst, we, we still love you. Um, but you, <laughs> even you know you're getting eaten. And it's A-OK. Uh, yeah, like, if it's Kevin, me and him, I'm definitely outrunning him. I know, I know I will. I know I'm slow, Ant. I know I said it earlier, but I'm not that slow. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not that slow. Coach Collins may disagree, but I'm not that slow. Uh, look, at the, at the end of the day, this 49ers team is, is focused. They know what they have to do. You know what the strengths are of this Tennessee Titans team. It's a team that runs the ball very effectively, very efficiently, and is most efficient in the past game when we can play action and get things going. Um, there is one difference, though, Ant, and that is Ryan Tannehill is prone to taking chances that he should not take. 
Um, we saw him against the Rams throwing balls at Jalen Ramsey for whatever reason and turning the football over and putting, keeping the Rams in the football game. And they really, I mean, at that point had no business being in the way they had played the two turnovers they had on back-to-back possessions on back-to-back plays actually offensively. Um, you know, the, the, the Tennessee Titans are, are error prone, especially offensively and especially Ryan Tannehill. So if you're the 49ers and you can take away the strength and the identity of this team early in the football game, make them turn to Tannehill and make him be a guy that has to beat you consistently, you're putting yourself in a very good situation. I get it. 49ers DBs, not the greatest things in the world. I understand that. But Ryan Tannehill isn't the best quarterback in the world either. Um, and if his weapons are hobbled or limited on the outside, which they very well could be in Julio Jones and, and A.J. Brown, then you're you're looking at a situation that pans out well for the 49ers and opens the door for a potential big 49ers win and if they can capitalize on those mistakes, and that's the key is capitalizing on the mistakes when they actually make them. When, when Matt, not Matt Ryan, but when Ryan Tannehill actually blunders, right, and throws those balls in a space that he has no business throwing, come away with the football, please. Let's let's bring this thing back. Let's give Jimmy Garoppolo the football. Let's get this offense the football in a nice field position and then go take those points and turn it into seven. Because if you're turning them into seven instead of three ants, this slowly morphs into a game where you can't run the football for the Tennessee Titans. And if he can't run the football, then Ryan Tannehill has that ability and to snowball out of control. And the Niners defense can just give him a little nudge off the cliff and he'll go rolling down and spiraling out of control. And the Niners wind up with a, with a bunch of turnovers and picks just like in the Madden Sim and everyone will be happy. Yeah, exactly. The Madden Sim goes, if that happens, everyone has a Merry Christmas. Um, eggnog all day long. Uh, but no, it, that's it's- right. Yeah, oh yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting, and I think that one thing you brought up about stopping the run, um, that is gonna be key. But the one of the keys is stopping the run with your front seven. Do not have to commit an eighth guy to that box. You don't have to commit an eighth guy. You're able to help those corners. That's that's huge in this football game. That's one of the the main things that has to happen. And if it does, they're gonna have the opportunities to stop Ryan Tannehill. Um, and then Tannehill's gonna make those mistakes. I mean, it's it's gonna happen. He's gonna give opportunities. But Alex, one thing we haven't talked about in this episode that we need to talk about is field position. The 49ers need to win the field position battle this game. There were too many times against the Bengals, too many times against the Seahawks, and too many times against the Falcons where the 49ers started within their own 10-yard line. When they are not getting a good enough return on special teams, there are situations now where the 49ers need to make sure they're getting better field position, flip the field, even if you don't, You'll have a scoring drive, but at least flip the field so that you are not playing from a negative standpoint. That has hurt the 49ers over those few weeks. Yes, they came away with two wins out of the you know the three games that we just mentioned, but that is something that consistently put them in a negative you know light, especially against Seattle, that they have to correct and they have to correct in a big way. Because in the playoffs, if you're playing in those bad field positions, it's going to hurt you. Complimentary football is a real thing, and sometimes not about the offense scoring points on every drive, but about flipping the field and allowing the defense to get the stop and changing the momentum of the game right there. hundred percent. It's, it's a thousand percent important. Um, and yeah, it, it has happened far too often. Um, and it's ironic, right? Richie Hightower spent a lot of time trying to get our kickoff team to be able to kick the ball short of the end zone and then try and put the opponents in negative field position, right? Keep them, you know, outside that 25 or technically inside that 25 yard line, and the Niners have kind of done it to themselves in a variety of ways, whether it's, you know, fumbling the football, whether it's, you know, missed blocks on, on kick return and putting themselves at the 20 and then, you know, or, you know, 
getting a goal line stop, not able to move the ball out, and then you punt, and then you get the ball back again off another punt, and you're still sitting inside the tent. Um, you, you have to set yourself up in a positive way, and, and the best way to do that is to win the coin toss, take that opening kickoff, and if it's a short kick, get yourself out to the 30-yard line and set yourself on a positive note for the rest of the football game. And if they decide to kick it into the end zone on the first one, and even if it's short, just take it to the 25. Give yourself that, that space. Don't put yourself in a negative spot. Let yourself operate with 75 yards of field in front of you and uh, go chunk a couple plays out because what, what we know, the 49ers offense, you get one chunk plan to drive and it typically results in points for the 49ers, whether it's seven or whether it's three. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're one play away, right? Um, the George Kittle play up the sideline where he catches the ball on the out and then gets up the sideline for 34 yards, I believe it was. That is a play, once again, where they start inside their 10-yard line. Um, but that is the cushion that they needed that flipped the field. They ultimately are able to go get something done. But Mitch Wisnowski is one of those guys that he can pin you deep if you put him in a good situation. If he's having to consistently kick long punts, it's not the best situation for the 49ers or the special teams unit. And I've seen a lot of people upset, you know, like Mitch was flipping the field early in the season. What's happening now? He's kicking from the end zone. I think I've, I think I've kind of figured it out and dialed it in. Um, when you're in end zone area, right, when you're punting from the 10-yard line or in in your own end zone, you're not trying to get necessarily everything on the football. You're trying to get rid of the ball quickly right. as a punter. It needs to come off of your foot because the last thing you need is a block and them scoring seven, six and getting that extra point or it going out of the end zone and it being a safety, you're giving them two and the football back. So you're just trying to get rid of the ball. It's not about flipping the field. It's about getting it off your foot quickly. And there have been times where there's been pressure. Um, there's guys coming in and, and that, that area around him is collapsing where he feels a guy coming off the edge or he maybe even seeing a guy off the edge. He's got to get off his foot quick. So you want Mitch to be, go back to being the Mitch Wisnowski we've all loved all season long, the guy that's you know one special teams player of the month and was flipping the field and putting teams inside their own 10, 15-yard line. Get out of the depths of – get out of the shadow of your own end zone. Get yourself – up 30, 40 yards downfield, you know, let him kick that ball from around the 20, 25 yard line. And you'll get all the, the great Mitch Wisnowski punts that you need for the rest of the season. Uh, but yes, it, it starts with special teams. It starts with not shooting yourselves in the foot and uh, not fumbling kicks, uh, not trying to do too much, do your job, stay in your land, especially a short week like this, um, just execute. Because if you can execute uh, and the other team blunders, I mean, this, this week, uh, it's a lot of times on Thursday night football, and it's all about who blinks first, right? Who makes the first mistake? If you're the 49ers, just execute, take care of your business, focus and worry about you. You do those things, San Francisco, and you're going to be just fine on Thursday Night Football. The good news for the 49ers, even if they don't make a mistake, you know, if they make a mistake early, they can overcome. Um, they've also proven true. that now, that, you know, they, they can fall behind, they can have somebody else, you know, make a play and they can overcome that. And I think that has been big, a big development. Early on in this season, they couldn't overcome those mistakes. They would lose those football games but now because of the playmakers and the execution that they have continually through the game, they can definitely overcome mistakes. Michael Hasty fumbled, no problem. We'll get a, a goal line stand, um, you know, not be able to get anything going on offense. No problem. We'll get a stop. You know, uh, this is something that's continuous from this football team. And I'm excited about their opportunities they're going to have in this game, because I think Tannehill is a turnover machine. There's going to be opportunities to get that ball. Can Nick Bosa get the ball to the ground? You know, can, Samson, every common Arden key, get this ball onto the ground if they can. 49ers need to find it. Because if they find it and they create turnovers and they win this turnover battle against the Tennessee Titans, they will absolutely win this game. 13, 13 and 1 now when, when you win the turnover battle? 
and six and zero in the in in twenty twenty one. Six and zero in twenty twenty one. I think it's twelve and one over their last last couple of seasons. Um, Thirteen yeah, and one since twenty nineteen. Thirteen and one since twenty nineteen. So there you go. I mean, you win the turnover battle and. and there it is. I mean, it's it's pretty much game over. So if you're the 49ers, uh, there's definitely an execution this week on ball security. There's definitely an execution on right doing your job, not trying to make mistakes. Don't force things. Let the game come to you. Let the decisions come to you. Um, make them make the first move, Conway, and then capitalize. That's what you got to do this week. And the 49ers, I think, are going to do it in a big way. And um, this team is rolling. The eyes on the prize. Um, they can smell that NFC West crown, Ant. They can smell it. They know it's there. They know it's going to be tough. They know they need some help. Um, but you know what? You need a little bit less help and if you just take care of business. So San Francisco, get it done Thursday. Nice Charlie Conway to, reference as well. I try. And it's, I was going to say, get it done Thursday. That's today. I'm not even used to Thursday night football for the 49ers. It's crazy. That's true. Tonight is the it's game. Um, yeah, everything we're talking about, you know, is going to, we're going to know in a, in a few short hours, if the 49ers were able to get after this Tennessee Titans team and execute in a big way. And if they do come away with a victory, the things that it does to their playoff chances, it makes the, the Houston Texans game on January 2nd a absolute clinch game for the 49ers. They can clinch a playoff spot with that victory as long as they take care of business against the Tennessee Titans. Wouldn't that be wonderful if the 49ers were able to beat the Texans and then the Rams game is just for seeding, possibly a division title. We'll see. All that could play out in that last game, but it would be something meaningful but not everything, right? And not, it doesn't count for everything because you know at least at that point you're still in the playoffs. Correct, Dan. And that's that's the first step right now. That's the first thing on everyone's mind right now. Every player in that locker room, the coach's mind, Jimmy Garoppolo's playoffs, baby. Get back into the dance. 2020 didn't go your way. 2021 started not to, but you course corrected. You got yourself back on track. And now it's time to finish the job. And it starts with the Tennessee Titans tonight. And I cannot wait for this game. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. I'm going to get out the chips. I'm going to get out the dip. And I'm going to watch the 49ers defense absolutely dip and throw Ryan Tannehill all over the field. I'm looking forward to some tart big-time plays. The interception pick six, pick six is coming your way. Eat it, Grant Cohn. <laughs> I love it, Ant. I absolutely love it. Fantastic there. And a cutback crew. Let us know what you thought about this game plan video. And everything that the Niners got to do tonight against this Tennessee Titans team, uh, man, and I am excited. This is going to be a big one, and uh, hopefully the cutback crew is as juice as we are. Oh, you know they are. The 49ers faithful is going to be out in a big way. They're going to be supporting. They're going to be watching all the way through. I know there's going to be some of the cutback crew that's going to be at the Tennessee Titans um, game. They talked about it early in the season. They're going to be in Nashville for this. Um, let your colors fly. Get loud. Support your team. 49ers come away with a big victory. So we can celebrate Christmas the right way with a 49ers win because the 49ers way is always the right way. Right, Alex? It's always, it's always the right way. Uh, and speaking of that, and we should probably wrap this thing up. Cutback crew, make sure you're subscribed if you haven't already. Like the video if you haven't already. Hit that notification bell as well. And uh, man, get ready because we got ourselves one heck of a battle tonight. We'll see you for the reaction show afterwards, Cutback crew. And until then, stay safe. And remember the right way is always the 49ers way. Merry Christmas, y'all.